Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Start it up. That's your Monday on B&A, 10 April. John Rahm is a Masters champion. He joins an exclusive list of 56 people who have won the 87 Masters tournaments. And it comes with some privileges, Monty. Monty Williams is hanging with us this morning because uh, Bucky is out today and tomorrow. But uh, when you win the Masters, you get, as we said on the way to the timeout, over over three million bucks plus that cool green jacket thing. You get to keep that. Uh, also, a Masters Trophy replica you get to take. Lifetime membership to Augusta National. You're forever a member. Lifetime tickets to the Masters, too, as a Masters champion. You get to choose the champion's dinner menu next year on Tuesday night, and you get a spot in the champion's locker room. Not bad, John. Not bad. Unlimited pimento cheese sandwich. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, uh, yes, always a member. Forever a member. Only 56 uh, gentlemen have done that you know every year i'm just amazed at how the television can't quite pick up the the how hilly that course is yeah the undulation you, you have to watch the ball yeah the undulation you have to watch the ball on the putting surface to really get a sense of just what an angle hardly anything on that course is level yeah nothing uh and the putts right that's why we talk a lot you got to be under the hole because when you're on top of it even a little yeah. three-foot putt can have a cup, two cups of break, and it's a tricky slider. And if you miss it, it's going to roll down the hill. Uh, gosh, there was a couple shots. You see them every every year in Augusta, but uh, John Rom hit one that nearly landed in the hole, and it rolled back, and all of a sudden it was a fifteen foot chip up the hill off the fringe, and just the way that course goes. And you know, it is a, a great test of golf, and it was a test of endurance this year. Uh, you heard you know Jim Nance with the final call, the the marathon Sunday at Augusta from sun up to sundown. Right, they played from. The sun was going up to the sun went down yesterday to get uh, both the uh, the third round and the, the final round in. Uh, you had to deal with the weather of Friday and into Saturday, so a lot of mental strain with the weekend, but uh, certainly uh, one of the one of the great days of, of the sports calendar, watching Masters Sunday coming home. It was cool that it was, Ma- it was Easter, and hopefully you were gathered with your family, and hopefully you were like Ty, like we did the normal, my parents were in town, my sister and her, and her boyfriend, my other brother was there, it was with the whole family. My kids were there, and uh, you know we had ham, some scalloped potatoes, some green beans. You know, just the normal. Oh, just the normal. My man Ty over there is having crawfish and Jello shots. Yeah, no, there was <laughs> there was no traditional anything traditional about my Easter Saturday. Love it. We said they were uh, mixing uh, bullet and Chardonnay, <laughs> which you know, who doesn't? That, that loosened my teeth just thinking about. Yeah, it. that's bullet that's bourbon? about that's about when I decided to exit. Um, it was a good time for sure. 
crawfish. This is at your 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 pop's place, huh? Mm-hmm. A lot of it was family and friends. A lot of a lot of friends there. I'm too. trying to think of the last time I had a Jello shot. Oh man, uh, we didn't make the. My stepmom made the Jello shots. Too. Everclear. I've, I don't, don't know. know. Secret they, ingredient. They, they were good. Well, About just, ten of them. <laughs> so, a buddy of mine used to. Uh, um, he he no longer lives around here, so I don't see him that often. But we used to gather for like Super Bowl parties and things of that nature, and he would take uh, gummy bears and soak them in vodka, and yes, and then sometimes into bourbon, and you would just you would have a few gummy bears, and then you'd have a few more, and then all of a sudden you're like. What in the world? Because that sugar, it's like the sugar of the gummy bear, like injects it into your bloodstream unbelievably. Well, I started this day off by drinking like three vodka Red Bulls at like noon. So that a boy. That's a way. Breakfast no, no, that's how you get that heart rate up immediately. That's, that's what you, you go need. To, that's why you go to brunch. That's right. You go to brunch like that. I remember one one year uh, during the All-Star game, we got the idea to, do, uh, to, to put a bottle of vodka in a watermelon. I'd I'd seen that where you cut a plug and stick the and it's supposed to you know drain into the watermelon. Oh, You've yeah. got didn't even work. Didn't even work. Some went in there, ruined both the vodka and the watermelon. It was just nasty, and we could never get it to work. I I would like to know if anyone's ever successfully been able to d- cut a plug out of a, a full watermelon, stick a fifth of vodka in it upside down, and have it drain into the watermelon. I think you have to have it a little bit less ripened. Yeah. See, but, Ty is the expert on all these things. I, ah, I do know, done. as a young uh, young college student at St. Edwards, the most intoxicated I ever got, really. Because I'm not big on mixing alcohols. I, I really, if I'm going to drink, i got to stick to one thing. That's always been the case with me. Uh-huh. I start bouncing around, man. That is that is no... I gave, I gave up on any type of shots, jello shots or shots in general, way early. <laughs> uh, that, that was just not going to work for me. It just seemed like a terrible <laughs> idea. Um, but still, one time we were at a party and they had this trash can punch, they may call it. You had this tire, or they put a bunch of fruit. Course. And here's dumb me. I'm just sitting there eating some of the fruit right out of it. And, um, dude, <laughs> I woke up the next day like, what the heck happened? I was just, oh, cantaloupe, nice, little little watermelon, little pineapple. And it was all soaked with Everclear, whatever was in that thing. And uh, that did not end well for, for yours truly. But uh, survived and survived. You know what I'm saying? That's all you can do. In my little hometown, they they got in. They they started to pour Everclear into beer just j- just to make the beer stronger. You know, <laughs> you couldn't really tell because and, it wasn't uh, strong enough. I remember one day I, w- I woke up with both my contact lenses in my shirt pocket. Somehow I didn't even know how that happened, but <laughs> my God! Hey, let's get to the headlines, trending topics to uh, start your Monday. UBL Business Services brings it to you. Yeah, start with golf. John Rahm uh, is your Masters champion. He began a long Masters Sunday sunup with 30 holes to play and was four back of the leader, Brooks Kepka, who had really dominated the tournament to that point. Well, the Spaniard proceeded to put on a ball-striking clinic and played the 30 holes and three under, while Kepka really fell apart. He shot 75 in the final 18. Uh, by sunset on Sunday, John Rahm had earned his first green jacket and his second major, also won the U.S. Open. He becomes the first European player to do that win the U.S. Open and the Masters, and he was uh, pretty much in disbelief afterwards. It is a pretty good duo of, of majors. The you know, U.S. Open is about as hard a test that you're ever going to find, and all I asked for was a chance, and they got it. So to get that done, is I, I can't hope to feel anything but thankful. 28-year-old will also leave Augusta as the top-ranked player in the world. World number one again, replacing Scotty Scheffler. Kepka, meanwhile, finishes tied for second with Phil Mickelson, who shot an incredible 65 in the final round, 31 on the back nine. Jordan Spieth fired a 66 to finish tied for third. Tiger Woods. 
had to withdraw from the tournament early Saturday after re-aggravating his foot injury. Baseball, Longhorns uh, played a weather-created Easter Sunday ball game yesterday at the Dish, and it was all Longhorns. They rolled past Kansas State 8-2 to in the rubber game of that Big 12 series. Longhorns scored eight, seven of their eight runs with two outs. They improved to 23-10 and overall, 6-3 and in conference play. Their busy stretch continues tonight for the Horns. They're going to play their fourth game in four days. They're going to travel to San Marcos to play Texas State tonight, 6 o'clock. Then they'll host the Bobcats for their fifth game in five days tomorrow night at the Dish here, both right here on the Horn. Big news from Texas basketball over the weekend. We'll have more on this coming up, but official word that Memphis associate head coach and former Longhorn assistant Frank Haith is joining Rodney Terry's staff. Major addition. We'll get details coming up in our coach's corner. Yesterday was the final day of the NBA's regular season. All 30 teams wrapped up their 82-game schedules. 12 teams have already locked up their spot in the playoffs that will tip off this weekend. Six in each conference. The play-in tournament will determine the teams that fill the 7th and 8th seeds, uh, spots in each conference. Those will tip off tomorrow night. All three Texas NBA teams' seasons are over. First time ever. All three failed to make the playoffs. Uh, piece of news, the Rockets did fire their head coach, uh, Stephen Silas, yesterday. Pro basketball, the uh, pro baseball, I should say. Astros and Rangers both avoided being swept yesterday. Houston won in Minnesota 5-1. Rangers topped the Cubs at Wrigley Field 8-2. Round Rock blank Sugarland 6-0. E-Train's going to be back home to open up their second homestand of the year tomorrow night at Dell Diamond. Austin FC's early season struggles continued on Saturday. They lost 3-0 at, Austin, at uh, LAFC. And the news from the NFL, Baltimore Ravens have signed wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. One year, $18 million. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. All right. So we also are our man Tom, who texts us quite often. He's a huge tennis fan. And he says, uh, your headlines are incomplete if you do not mention Peyton Stern's accomplishment over the weekend. This is true. Lifetime longer Peyton Stearns uh, in just her fifth WTA tournament, main draw, made the finals. Lost a tough three-setter uh, to the number two seed, but uh, Peyton Stearns, the young lifetime Longhorn. Talk about uh, Longhorn golfers making their way in the professional ranks. Now you have a young uh, uh, women's tennis player, Peyton Stearns, uh, doing, doing good things. So thank you, Tom, for keeping us up with that. Uh, a lot going on this Easter weekend. Um, maybe it's the jello shots. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> no, I did not have any jello shots. Uh, Ty did. I uh, certainly did not. No, no, no. You went to the, what is it called? The, the Canyon of the Eagles. Canyon of the Eagles. What is that, about an hour away from, from your uh, home? A little hour and a half, maybe. Uh, you just go, go up 183 to 29, go through Burnett, keep going, take a right at the uh, Vanishing Texas Tour, which, uh, which is, uh, I think, had truly vanished because the lake's down by 50%. You know, you got boat docks out there, and it's a half-mile trek to the lake from the boat dock. Uh, but it was great fun. Uh, my son flew in from uh, Raleigh. Speaking of Peyton Stern, I see that's where that, that tournament was uh, played. Anyway, uh, he flew in from Raleigh, and we all went up to uh, Canyon of the Eagles and were away from cell phones, so my Masters app did not work, and I didn't know what was going on in the Masters. That was kind of freaky. But uh, beyond that, it was a lot of fun. We did a lot of walking. We have a, a, a Border Collie who finally got to run as Border Collies love to do. So it was a great time. Well, glad you. I'm going to have to check that place out. Sounds nice. You, you know what? The lake's way down. What is it, Buchanan? Yeah, it's, it's 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 on the north end of Lake Buchanan, and it's real remote. As a matter of fact, you take a farm to market road off Highway 29, you go up there, and it dead ends into this. So there's no traffic. You know, there's nothing out there. Very spotty cell coverage, but uh, it's a it's a real nice place. It's really pretty. 
Yeah, well, that's cool to know. And this says, uh, here's a texture that says, uh, Canyon of the Eagles is beautiful. Also has a mountain bike lift nearby. Cool. It does. Yeah, we, we drove by it. Yeah. No, you ride the lift up with the bike Sounds and fun. come careening back down. Sounds great. All right. So the Masters in the books. We'll dive into our coach's corner here shortly. John Rahm is your winner. And it really turned on the front nine of the final 18 when John Rahm sees control because, you know, Brooks Kepka had shown very little uh, weakness. Uh, into Sunday. He was really in control of the tournament, went 65-67 on Thursday and Friday, and was in control of the tournament with a four-stroke lead. And um, you really, really, actually, the end of the third round, he, there was a swing, and it, it, you know, they teed off two strokes different, like a minus 11, minus 9. And you think, okay, we got something here, uh, because Brooks had a bogey at the end of his, his third round, and Rom got himself to 9-under. So they teed off just two strokes different. They teed off the morning, four strokes different. And uh, it really turned on the front nine yesterday because uh, Brooks went out in 39, um, which is three over par. He bogeyed the fourth hole. He went over the on a par four there. He went over no the second par three. He went over the top. It was really the short holes that hurt him because he bogeyed all the par threes, did he not? Except for 16. He, there are four par threes on on Augusta National, and he bogeyed four, six, uh, and 12 uh, right through Amen Corner there. Over Ray's Creek, so he bogeyed all three of those. And was um, he long in each case? Uh, he was left in, on on two of them, and yeah, long on the number six, where he went over the top, and then of course had to come back down and short sided himself. And he was he was really fortunate that he caught the ridge and it didn't roll all the way back down when he chipped back over the top. Uh, because uh, Victor Hovland had just done that, the the, the really slow group before them, <laughs> <laughs> he had a hard time and made double bogey there. Uh, but while that was happening, John Rahm was shooting one under for his front nine. So you know, three over, one under. He's in the lead going through to the turn. And um, well, at the end of the day, as we said, John Rahm, the ball striking exhibition he put on yesterday was masterful. Uh, the numbers are back it up for the week, not just yesterday, but for the entire four rounds. John Rahm hit eighty six percent of the fairways. So only off the fairway 14% of the time, uh, 72% of greens he hit in regulation over the weekend, which, again, the last two Masters winners to achieve that, Jack Nicklaus, 1986, Ben Crenshaw, 1995. So you got to go way back to find someone who struck the ball and you know hit the ball where he wanted to more consistently than John Rahm did, and then he putted well enough uh, on the greens there at Augusta. And putting was the problem for Scotty Scheffler over the weekend. He just putted like a mess. Uh, this weekend. It was cool to see Jordan Spieth post a 66 on Sunday. And gosh, if he had not bogeyed, really didn't turn out to matter, but when he bogeyed 18, he, he was going to join Phil Mickelson at 8 under and put a 65 on the board, but he bogeyed that hole to give a stroke back, and he finished at 7 under, but uh, tied for third place for Jordan Spieth. We'll have a winner of our Masters contest. Of course, we got to calculate it all, and it's got to go through the clearinghouse, but we appreciate everybody who participated in our Masters Fantasy Golf Challenge brought to you by Callahan's General Store. We'll have a winner for that here later in the week. But right now, Monty, at six uh, seven fifteen, let's go ahead and dive into our Coach's Corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. Here's a nice text to our our coach on our show. That is uh, Bucky Godbolt. He is out this morning and uh, says, all well wishes to Bucky. Hope he is feeling okay. Yes, have any. Uh, colonoscopy procedure today, so he'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, all right, Coach's Corner, Monty. Uh, interesting. I, the, the hiring of Frank Haith, uh, it, it's, gosh, it's a home run hire, big picture. From, for, you know, if, you're, if you're Rodney Terry, you're taking this program over in full to bring in a coach who's got 18 years of head coaching experience but also knows the program and the lay of the land here in Austin, uh, that's about as good as you can do. Now, there is the negative side that he 
did have issues with the NCAA in his time at Miami. That was really more about a booster that got Miami in trouble, and he got caught up in that as the head basketball coach. But at Missouri, you know, in, in 2012, Frank Haith was the AP National Coach of the Year, also the Big 12's Coach of the Year. This is back, obviously, when Missouri was still in the Big 12 Conference. Uh, he had a great year at Missouri, and he was the National Coach of the Year. Uh, the following year, they had some issues. Later on, they had some issues with the NCAA. He got caught up in that. So twice, Frank Haith has been a part of uh, a program that had some issues under his watch. Uh, but he comes back to be a top assistant for Rodney Terry. Uh, he's 57 years old. While he was at Texas from 2001 to 2004, he recruited the likes of uh, McDonald's All-Americans, LaMarcus Aldridge and Daniel Gibson. He also recruited P.J. Tucker, who was a Big 12 Player of the Year. He was a part of the staff that went to the Final Four in 2003 before leaving for stops at Miami, Missouri, and Tulsa. So as far as experience goes, knows the lay of the land, knows Rodney Terry because they coached together. Um, seems like a home run hire, but it does come with a little bit of baggage. Well, and, you know, NBA experience, too. I mean, yes. he's, he's hiring him away from Memphis. And, uh, you know, that's 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 a great thing to have to, as well. I'm, it never bothers me if somebody gets crossways with the NCAA. You know, that that's always reported as if a district attorney is looking into something you've done. And in many cases, you're right. It's an, it's an aggressive or stupid booster Something like that, you know. I don't think uh, I, that 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 causes me no heartburn whatsoever. And uh, you know, I mean, Rodney Terry in his own right is a great recruiter. I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna put some pressure on other teams. They they have a great recruiting staff they're assembling. They certainly are. And uh, you know, he he again, Rodney Terry bristled when he was asked after getting the job full time that uh, you know when he some questions well. Can he recruit? Well, Rodney Terry was the lead recruiter for most of the roster that Texas just went to the Elite Eight with. Uh, that that was his. That's his main calling card as an assistant coach, and then as a head coach. Uh, let me ask you this, Monty, because you we didn't talk to you through the through the run. How much fun was that for you as a you're, for people that don't know Monty? In addition to being a a screenwriter and a million other things, uh, <laughs> former press secretary, you've you've led led, led a very colorful life. Uh, you are probably basketball your favorite sport. Yeah, grew up playing basketball, loving basketball. What you What you make of Rodney Terry's handling of this team this year? Oh, I I, I mean I I thought it was great, and uh, you know I was I was uh, it was very interesting to 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 see UT keep their cards close to the vest about whether he would you know the the interim. Uh, label would be pulled. I thought they did a great job. Uh, it was it was just too bad that DeSue couldn't play because I do think they would have gone to the Final Four if he would have been in there. I don't think they would have beat UConn, but again, uh, that's a that's, no. We, I don't think no. They would have gone to the Final yeah, Four. Yeah, that would have been the matter. You're right, but yeah. yeah, that that Dylan DeSue injury, and then on top of it, in the middle of the uh, second quarter, second half, when you're in control of the game. Marcus Carr takes a Charlie horse and has to go to the locker room, and he was yeah. never the same again That's right. in the final 10 minutes, and he was having a hell of a game. Jabari Rice, I mean, these sound like excuses, but it was just the fact no, of the game. I mean, if they have a fully healthy team, who knows? Credit to Miami. They won the ball game and came from behind to win that game to get to the Final Four, but it's kind of one of those what if, what, I don't know, I don't think it gets to the level of, you know, Colt McCoy getting hurt in the national championship game, but what if they had, had Dylan to sue? Yeah, you know, yeah, healthy Dylan to sue. But it was, uh, you know, it was it was a really fun season. It was a great season, and uh, I'm glad he's the head coach. Uh, I I uh, I expect great things out of him, and be, you know, because of the recruiting, 
I was also, I got to be honest, really impressed with the Big East. I mean, when you start talking about Creighton, Marquette, Xavier, UConn won the whole thing. I mean, my gosh, what a, you, that, I, I didn't know the, the Big East was that strong. It was. It certainly was. And UConn was the strongest and one of the more dominant runs we've seen uh, to a championship in a long time. Uh, Texas will play in a tournament along with UConn next November, this coming November. I shouldn't should say next. Uh, they've already signed up to play in that. As for uh, the, the the Rodney Terry staff, we know that Brandon Chapel uh, is still there. He did a great job this year. Uh, he's still a part of that staff. Uh, Frank Haith joins it. I think that's going to be a move where Chris Ogden will go back to his role as kind of the CEO. You know, the, the uh, what do you call that, the... Chief of staff kind of thing, right? He's not uh-huh. he's not on the bench coaching, but he's kind of running the NIL. He's kind of running the portal, uh, kind of overseeing and you know being a operations know, operational, yeah, <laughs> running the because there's a lot of operations yeah. in a major college program these days, and that's kind of where Chris Ogden wants to be. And then you know, I mean, the rest of the staff did such a great job this year. We'll we'll hear uh, you know other opportunities. A guy like uh, Bob Donawald, who was. Gosh, 30 years of coaching experience uh, around the world, uh, his his uh, level. But as for the now, right, the now is the portal. Uh, because, you know, well, the, well, for Rodney Terry and this team, you're trying to figure out, okay, we know that uh, Tyrese Hunter has entered the, his name into the draft but did not lose his status. So he's going to play the game and see where he stands, likely to come back. He's told Rodney Terry if he doesn't like what the NBA tells him through this process, he plans to come back and he'll be playing for Texas next year. But you got to wait on that. Uh, we haven't heard on Dylan Mitchell, uh, the freshman to be sophomore, uh, former five-star player. There's been talk that maybe he does the same thing, which is put his name in the draft, but not you know declare because he's not ready for the NBA. But he wants to find out the information that you can glean from the NBA. From remember Dylan DeSue put his name in last year and came back, but you got to wait on those things. But while you wait, uh, what your roster is going to look like, you are also out trying to add to it. Uh, Rodney Terry and the assistant Brandon Chapel were in California last week to meet with uh, their five-star signee, A.J. Johnson. He's a part of their two-person recruiting class, both five-stars, Johnson and Ron Holland from Duncanville. They also, while there, visited with USC transfer target Reese Dixon Waters, uh, who is a guy that they're interested in. Uh, Reese Dixon Waters is 6'5", 210. He's also being pursued by UCLA and San Diego uh, State. Uh, so that's a guy that they're, they're looking at. Uh, they're also, according to our friend Jerry Hamilton over at Inside Texas, they're communicating with a, a transfer from Oral Roberts, a guard named Max Abrams that they're interested in. And they're also interested in, uh, uh, along with a lot of people, uh, Caden Shedrick, who is a big man from Virginia. He's transferring from the Virginia program. He's 6'10". Uh, versatile big man, Indiana and Duke, are also in the mix for the North Carolina native. So those are names to watch. But, um, you know, Rodney Terry still trying to build this roster. And I think a big... Like that, right? If you get Dylan DeSue back, which I think the Longhorns are optimistic they will, um, I think that's that's likely to happen with Rodney Terry and this staff back intact. Uh, Caden Shedrick is a name to watch. 6'10", could, could play the post, right, and uh, give you give you that you know replacement for Christian Bishop in the post, who's you know, Christian was 6'8". This is a 6'10 and a half player, long, long arms, you know, plays great defense. Uh, that would be interesting. Uh, so he also can shoot... Uh, Shoot a little bit, uh, you know, one of those stretch stretch big men. Uh, so that's what the Longhorns are doing in the transfer portal. Frank Haith has joined the staff, uh, rejoined the staff, because, again, he was there at the, the heyday. Really the, the highest level of Rick Barnes' run at Texas came when Frank Haith was here and Rodney Terry. They crossed paths there and, um, you know, obviously had you know, went to the Final Four and recruited some great, great players. 
and some of the greatest, if not the greatest, in the history of the program. And so now they're back together with the, the remainder of the staff. Also, Monty on Texas football. Uh, Longhorns went through a scrimmage Friday. They, they practiced Thursday and then had a scrimmage Friday, gave the players the weekend off for Easter. They're going to regather tomorrow to practice. And, of course, this is the last week of spring. They practice, I think the schedule is Tuesday, Thursday, and then the spring game uh, this Saturday afternoon at DKR. Um, so, And, of course, we here on the Horn will have live coverage of that. We'll have pregame and uh, Craig will have the call of the game with Keith with the, with the with the broadcast crew, so we're excited about that this weekend. The wrap up of spring, and as we've heard all along, the positives for the Longhorns, Monty, no significant injuries. You knock on the wood if you're T. Sarkeesian that that maintains. They've got some bumps and bruises as you would, but no no injuries that uh, are, are going to hurt you into this into the off season to this point. And then. Uh, you know, they feel like they can have a real competitive spring game coming up in six days well, or five um, days. <clears throat> what what Jeff Howe tells me is, uh, you know, that that yours has really worked on his foot footwork, and uh, that he that he has improved immeasurably in terms of footwork and you know throwing with a base under him rather than kind of slinging it, and because uh, man, he can sling it, but but uh, everybody says he's looking better that his footwork has improved. Yeah, he. Um, I mean, that's there's. It's a God-given arm. It's one of those, yeah. right? It's just a natural ability to throw the and spin the football. Yeah. Oh, uh, such a soft. I mean, just such a soft, yeah, catchable it, ball. Right. And he, you know, he has the ability to zip it when he needs to. Also, put some touch on it when he needs to. We know he struggled with that last year, and I think that does come from footwork. And you know, everybody has talked about how he's in better shape. Right. He's, his body is different than it was a year ago. And again, a year ago, he was. I always call the the year he spent at Ohio State in Columbus. It's kind of an internship, right? Yeah. A, a glorified internship. unpaid intern. Yeah, I mean, he, we, well, well, he got paid. <laughs> he, he About went a million there, dollars. He went there for seven figures yeah. you know, and an NIL deal. And you know, gosh, history will tell down the road if Quinn Ewers made the right decision there. But he he didn't play much, right? He was going to practice, but he got to live in the Ohio State locker room to kind of so internship. Did he absorb? He didn't get to play. Um, and so then you come here. After six months in Columbus, and you know you're the starting quarterback, and I, I also you will never know how that injury against Alabama set him back last year, right? He he was playing great against the Crimson Tide. He had played, you know, remember remember Quinn threw an interception on his first series of the first game, and then had a great game from there, and then was playing was just ripping apart Alabama. Then gets hurt, and he doesn't come back until the Cotton Bowl, and then at the Cotton Bowl he plays great. Uh, has his best game of the year when the Longhorns blanked the Sooners. And the, the, then, of course, the more tape, the more struggle. By the end of the year, they almost were abandoning the passing game and trying to run the ball to wins. And yeah. you know, that's But that's a young quarterback learning on the job at that point. And uh, we'll get to see him coming up on Saturday for the first time since that bowl game. And I would also say with the, the week of bowl prep, those couple of weeks of bowl practices, he played pretty well against Washington in the Alamo Bowl. He wasn't the reason they lost that game. He made a lot of good throws in that game, and he was their best offensive player that day. So we'll see if that continues into the spring game on Saturday. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, once again, I one, once, 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 when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
his shortcomings became apparent in during the season last year. I, I once again just really <laughs> resent the fact that Bijan Robinson didn't get the ball at least ten more times and set him out wide three times. That's what I would have. I would have had an index card in front of me that says "wide receiver three times a game." Bijan Robinson. I would have moved that guy all around and given him the ball another third as much as he touched it. Agreed. I, I'm, and uh, might have given Hudson Card a chance in a game yeah. against Oklahoma no, State. No, that's true. That's maybe, true. Uh, maybe another game. But that's Sark, true. Sark sucked to that. So, um, you know, as a quarterback, that was his decision. Uh, yeah, probably could have gotten more wins out of this team this year. I think so. The eight I think, that I think, they did. I think I, my personal belief is last year was a disappointment. Fair enough. And uh, this year is an improvement over the year before, but it was a disappointing season to me. Every year that doesn't end in the national championship. Oh, Oh. jello shots for everybody. All right. There's Ty going in. Yes, disappointment. It was a step forward, though. I think there was a lot of progress made. But no, this is the year. Because again, eight wins was a three game improvement over five wins the year previous. This team needs to make another three game improvement at least. I mean, 11 wins would be about the bar for me this year for Texas, big picture. And I think this is a team in the Big 12 with its talent and depth right now that could win 11 or 12 games and play for a Big 12 title should be the goal. We'll be back. Uh, we'll pick up uh, Texas basketball and football. Uh, we'll also revisit John Rahm and what a Sunday at the Masters. We've got uh, TY with jello shots and hot or not before the end of the hour. <laughs> it's a busy Monday here on the show of the people. It's Bucky and Aaron. Monty Williams in for the buck today. Ty Henderson is here, and we're having fun on a Monday. Recapping the weekend, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, yeah, here's ugly. Horn Fantasy Golf Challenge. The first of the year, the major championships presented by Callahan's General Store. Yours truly is in a whopping 293rd place. I mean, I am rolling at plus 94 uh, with my selection. It looks like a couple of guys are going to have to fight this out because uh, uh, a player named Cannonball Jones and a player named CSU Got Hosed are minus 24 on their picks so far. But again, that has to run through our clearinghouse. We actually have an outside entity that runs our, ter- our, our thing, so they have to give us full clearance and check all the picks and everything. There was a so tiebreaker there, is- there. It was like pick the the, fi- the winning score. Oh, I don't think I did that. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm 294th place. <laughs> I was going to say, you got bigger fish to fry there. Uh, I like the name Cannonball Jones. I do, too. That's sharp. That's sharp. Oh, you know what I did? I didn't even finish my picks. I just went into all my select. I didn't pick golfer two, four, eight, or nine. Oh. I was doing it on the show, and then I I would have done art, except Corey Connors killed me. Went plus 15. Didn't make the cut. So, yeah, I'm in 300th place. Uh, not good. Not good for yours truly. Uh, but way to go, E. That's a way to get that done. <laughs> yeah. Well, the golf was fun this weekend. Uh, you know, I, I, I said all last week I would not be rooting for any of the live golfers, and I wasn't yesterday, but certainly they made their, their presence known. Brooks Kepka. you know, whether I agree with his decision to join live or not, it doesn't matter. He's still one of the best golfers in the world, and Brooks Kepka would tell you he's healthy now. Or he had that knee injury and was kind of playing on one leg for a couple years. Uh, when he's right, he's as good as there is in this world. I don't ever doubt that. I, that's why I wish he would have stayed in the PGA Tour and kept doing what he was doing, but his choice. He's a very rich guy, and he'll get to compete in the Masters every year. He'll be at the U.S. Open, uh, which he's won a couple times, so all in. Um, but, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of his post-game, post-round news conference either. He's kind of kind of an excuse maker, this Brooks Kepka. 
players playing slow, yeah. didn't catch any breaks. You got, you know, John Rahm was the better golfer without a doubt. But either way, that's uh, that played out. Phil Mickelson, 65, you said it off the top of the show, Monty. That was the story of, of Sunday. I mean, John Rahm winning the green jacket and going three under over 30 holes and, you know, really outplaying Brooks Kepka down the stretch. And yeah, they put on that ball striking, but the but the winner is the story. But the second story is Phil Mickelson. I mean, what he did at fifty two years old to go thirty one down the back nine and post a seven under round of sixty five on Sundays is, is all time stuff. And the, and the way the gallery over over those four days, you know, I mean, he got a very chilly reception on Thursday when they when, you know when he teed off, very chilly reception. And by Sunday they were yelling Phil and Lefty and cheering his name. Yeah. It's really remarkable. How about uh, Freddie Couples, oldest player boom, to boom. Yeah. ever make the cut? I like he's playing with the yellow ball, too. He's yeah, yellow I noticed ball. that. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, Fred Couples, uh, oldest player ever, breaks a long-standing record at Augusta. Uh, I, it was it was a fun weekend. Obviously, we knew there was to be some weather challenges, and Saturday was a, was a washout. But that led to 30 holes on Sunday. It was great. Got up on Sunday and was making, because a bunch of family in town, so was making breakfast and getting everything ready. And I got to watch the golf while I was doing that, so it was good. It was good. And props to the Masters for letting CBS air all of the live coverage because they didn't get to air anything, really. Because by the time they, they went to live coverage at 2 o'clock on Saturday, they called it off. It was over. And uh, so, you know, they got to air the live coverage on on Sunday morning. Kind of felt like the British Open a little bit. You know, they got to wake up. Has it always been like that? Where I mean, I, I have ESPN Plus, so I was yes. lucky enough to get to watch most of it. But where before there was ESPN Plus, was could you just not watch no, the Masters the gives you – you get what the Masters gives you. That's the rule. It, it Always has seems been. kind of stupid. Well, then they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to check with Ty. They're not checking with you. They're going to give you four-hour windows on the weekends and during the week. You get four hours. I now, mean, you can I go to Masters.com and watch the featured groups. Oh, well, and, yeah, and the ESPN Plus coverage was great, too. It was. It was. Um, you know, I'm – that's just the way it is. Like like the other majors give you a wall to wall coverage. Oh, they, you watch every hole. Nothing is as locked down as the Masters. No, I they, mean, that is the most locked down media entity that there is. You know, I mean that 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 is like the ultimate closed set. Our man Jeff Mudd on the text line says, I actually covered Brooks Kepka during his amateur days. He is the quintessential country club whiny brat. Well, thank you for your insight on that. I did watch if you've watched the uh the the Netflix series Full Swing. Mm-hmm. There's a whole episode that's dedicated to him and his his uh, former SI swimsuit model, swimsuit uh, cover person, girlfriend wife thing. Speaking of country club, and there right. is some swimming pool stuff up in there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll tell you what I've gotten into is uh, the F1 series on Netflix. Oh, it's so good. Oh man, well, I, I like the full swing. I thought, oh, I thought you, not I as too. good and not as compelling, but no, you learn a lot about uh, you know get into the, the the F1 thing. That thing has grown the sport of you know Formula One racing exponentially since that's come on. People have gotten so invested because they've learned so much about the sport and the behind the scenes and the politics and the drama that goes into it. I think we're doing that with golf, and I think it was great that you know the Brooks Kepka episode was really when he wasn't playing well and he was not healthy and whining about it. And then, of course, not soon after, he was off to live, uh, which, again, that's his call. Uh, every, every player had a choice to make. I always have to remind people that. Every single player, whether they win or not, they could have gone. They could have gone because people talk about this was a a push to create a competitive a competitor to the PGA Tour. That's not true. This was a their initial goal was to take over golf. Don't get that twisted. 
when you offer Jack Nicholas on three occasions to be the face of it, not Greg Norman, and you offer Tiger Woods eight hundred million dollars, eight hundred million to be the to play the Phil Mickelson role, um, you're going all in. And every single player who went went, but every every player who didn't could have gone. And 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 you you don't make a single decision based on a fan base or ratings or anything like that. You're not running out of money when you're the house of Saud. You're not <laughs> no, running. No, and that's out of why money. we say they they spent a billion dollars in year one to make zero, because uh, you know I got in a debate with some of my family yesterday. Well, the AFL and uh, what was it? What was the NBA's? What was the ABA? Uh, the ABA. Yeah. I mean, they push. Well, look, this is completely. You got to have a basic economic model. I mean, and any other sport that there would be a rival competitor, it would have to make make money. It'd have to make a profit for it to even exist. They don't care about profit. I mean, this thing is about you know a billion dollars to make zero. And even as I said last week, even with all of the TV ratings and conversation they got about Live last year, us just talking about it, no one's watching. No, like they got a year worth of free marketing, and no one wants the product. Even got a bunch of big names. Brooks Kepka. Did you know Brooks Kepka won the event the previous weekend in Orlando, which nobody watched? Um, that would tell you that the you know the population's not interested in watching it, so it's not going to grow. Do you think if it was on ESPN, people would watch it? I don't believe so. More pe- more people would watch it. Well, I, probably I feel like more. The, I feel like half the well, issue because, is people well, don't know where it is well, or when it is. That's true. I mean, but that's that's the, the on them. The marketing's terrible. But again, if you wanted to find it, you could find it. But you're right. If it was on ESPN, because the other thing ESPN would do is they would be pushing it, right? They'd be talking about it all day, every day, uh, because it's their product. Uh, but agree. But again, the fans know it's there, uh, golf fans, because that's the thing. When you get in these live debates with people about should they go or whatnot, most of the people who argue on the side of the live golfers don't play golf and really don't like golf. That's most. I didn't say all of you. Don't come come at me with knives, but most people don't play a lot of golf. And because uh, I do think the sport of golf is what it is. It's four rounds. It's making cuts. It's competing. It's uh, earning your your make and your take. Uh, but, again, that's a different debate. I give all credit to John Rahm, and I give credit to Phil Mickelson. That was an incredible day of golf yesterday to watch him in his in his all-black come all the way back and uh, post the, the, the lowest number ever by a player his age. That is all-time history book stuff. You know, you mentioned, you mentioned the, <clears throat> the NFL and the AFL. That, that was a case where there was another network that wanted to do football, and they went whole hog with the AFL at the time that the NFL was, you know, I, hoping that no one would pick up this rival league. And I believe it was NBC that did. NBC said, sure, we'll put the AFL on. The ABA, on the other hand, really didn't have any kind of network. And that's why you see so few ABA teams are around now. I mean, the Pacers, the Spurs, the Nuggets. And you don't see a lot of highlights either because it wasn't no. on television. <clears throat> no. All right. Uh, that's an interesting conversation. But obviously, you don't want to d- dilute uh, what John Rom did uh, to no, win no. his first green no, jacket. No. And it probably shouldn't be a live conversation. But that will continue to be a conversation. We'll come back. Ty will lead us through some hot or not. Also, we'll get back into the NFL in the uh, 9 o'clock hour. Uh, make an appointment to be with us. Mike Renner will be with us. You know, the NFL draft is in 17 days, and he is the lead draft analyst for Pro Football Focus. Get the latest on Bijan and Roshan and the Longhorns, Cowboys and Texans, uh, as we are fast approaching the NFL player draft at the end of the month. We'll hit that coming up at about 9.10 this morning. Also back into the uh, big stories of the weekend, but Ty takes us through hot or not next. What's hot? 
and what's not. What's Hot, What's Not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Visit us at TXOrtho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot Not on a Monday. Plenty of hot from the Masters. John Rahm was hot yesterday. Three under and 30 holes. He is your Masters champion. Comes the 56th, 56th golfer to win that uh, green jacket, win that uh, tournament at least one time. Also, uh, on the not hot side, you see the trees fall on Friday? The trees falling at Augusta? You said it was, oh, oh, oh. It was unbelievable. Somebody could have gotten a lifetime package to go to the Masters if they would have just. Yeah, three trees uprooted. Taking uh, a, taking put a, a lot hit. of rain in Augusta. And it was right by the 17th tee box. And, um,. I mean, you can like Scott Van Pelt of ESPN was was there, and you you hear the trees cracking, and it, gosh, I don't know how because people start scrambling, picking up their chairs. But this wasn't wind. This was this was rain, like compromising the roots. It I'm just, sure the wind was blowing a little bit, but they just they just came down. And uh, I think one pushed another. I don't know. I don't even know the uh, the agronomy of that whole thing. But uh, yeah, they're uprooted <laughs> and. I mean, and, you know, there was some calling for them to not have spectators on the weekend just because what if some more trees fall and there was raining and, you know, Masters was not falling for that banana in the tailpipe trick. I've never heard Aaron say, I, I don't know the agronomy on that one. That's no. very good. Is that a word? Does, yeah. does that count? What does that yeah. mean? I think it's the I think it's the study of agriculture. That's the study. Yeah. I don't know the reason that the trees came uprooted, but they did. I watched them fall. Um, very common in Georgia, says... A texter, very common. In well, Georgia. my backyard, I had a big old oak tree uproot and fall down from the base like a month ago. Crazy. And it was just wind. Uh, how about this, Ty, on Hot or Not? You were doing jello shots on Saturday night. Latest uh, trend is vodka butter. Vodka butter. Just add alcohol to your butter. And what, put it on a piece of bread? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Whatever you put butter on. Vodka butter is now trending, so you can try that, Ty. That could be for you. You make ghee, make vodka ghee. <laughs> oh, man. Ty, what do you have for us in Hot or Not? Uh, Hot or Not Hall of Famer Tristan Thompson back in the news. As of yesterday, he got he got signed by the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and This is amid you know, some rekindling with Khloe Kardashian. Oh, boy. His baby mama, or I, I don't know if they were ever officially married. But he has not played in the NBA this year, um, but will be joining the Los Angeles Lakers for the playoffs. Do you think that will work out, or he'll play at all? I know LeBron likes him, right? That's kind of Le- that's kind of LeBron says so. So let's do it, kind of thing. And good for him. I mean, he's going to get a chance. And uh, the Lakers made the playoffs. There were a lot of times this year that they didn't. Uh, well, they still have to make the play-in thing, right? They've got to. Where are they? Seated? The seven seed. They're they play seven. the Timberwolves tomorrow night, and the so Timberwolves. Again, they- Talk about another hot or not topic. Rudy Gobert punching his teammate. I saw that on the sidelines. And how about the Minnesota was here on Saturday playing at Moody Center in the sellout crowd for the two Spurs games, which was cool to see. And they played down there, but yet Minnesota a mess headed into the postseason. And uh, you remember the play-in tournament was something that was put in place during the the uh, the the COVID year, right? The bubble, and now they do it every year because I think it's a great idea. Well, seven can beat eight, and the winner so they'll, they'll play tomorrow night. And the winner advances. The loser then has to play the winner of the nine ten game, and so the, the so essentially you're the ten seed. You can play your way in with two wins, and you can play your way into to the top eight seed, even though you didn't earn it during the course of the regular season. And if you're the eight seed, you have to win a game. You could lose the first game, but you have to win that second game, or you're going to be bounced. So that's the way that's going to play out in both conferences. And we know this tournament is uh, interesting in that for the first time ever, there are no teams from Texas in it. Yep, Spurs, Rockets, and Mavericks out. 
we'll let Ty weigh in on this coming up after our headlines at the top of the hour. But the uh, the Mavericks went full operation shutdown over the weekend. Organizational decision. We don't want to make the playoffs. We have a chance, and we don't want to. So uh, we will dive into that conversation. But the, as you brought him let me know that the first time ever all the California teams are in. Uh, yeah, I think it's the first time ever. I know if not, it's the first time in. Well, the, well, Sacramento hasn't been in in two they bro- decades. They broke the longest postseason streak of yeah. They had any postseason in twenty years, right? Yeah. So Sacramento will play Golden State in round one. Clippers play the Suns, and the Lakers still so have to play Clippers. their way in. But yeah, all all the California teams are in. No Texas teams. No, nope. I'll not tell you one. What, Phoenix. I'm I'm calling it Phoenix. Yeah, the, the, that, Phoenix that and the Celtics. With, Paul George is not healthy, is he? No. They're never healthy. They're never healthy. Kawhi's healthy, finally. They probably have the deepest bench of any team in the Western Conference. And they're so. big down low, right? The points in the paints are big for them. When Durant came back, the Suns went 8-0. Yeah. <laughs> Just like brush teams. But it's only eight games. No, oh, I know. And somebody says, poor Mavs went from the four seed to missing the playoffs. Yeah, that Kyrie Irving, I know the Mavs want to keep bringing him back, but he certainly seems like... Kryptonite. Hey, that texture. That texture also said go, "Go Spurs, go!" with the laughing, crying emoji for space. Y'all won like twenty games this year. So. <laughs> Good luck in the lottery. Now they're both in the lottery. Yeah, that that Kyrie Irving thing. He's he's a cancer. It's B and E on the horn.